Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? It's Jeff Hartman joined with Brian Davis of Behind the Steel Curtain. We are talking Steelers win. That's right. Coming off the bye week, week 10, the Steelers win 20 to 10 over the New Orleans Saints at Akershore Stadium. Dave Schofield is there, so he will not be joining us. But we are going to be breaking down this game every which way and sideways. As we always do, we talk about knee-jerk reactions. First, Brian, what was your knee-jerk reaction from this game? My re- my knee-jerk reaction is, thank goodness. You know, that's yeah. uh, at the end of that first half, I thought, here we go. It's over. They're losing this game. I really did not like the momentum of what was going on. I didn't like a lot of things in that first half. I liked the way it started. But then as the game went on, I felt like, yes, I like a lot. There's still some things I don't like. But it's a step in the right direction. And when it comes to it, anybody that wants a number one draft pick, like a very high draft pick, it's hard for you to say, well, yeah, I wanted them to lose today because as fans, it's hard to pull for them to lose. Wasn't happening here. I'm elated. Yeah, for me, the, the knee-jerk reaction has changed a little bit. If we would have gone live right after the game ended, uh, there was a good chance that I would have kind of been like, ah, they won, yes, but. But the longer I think about it, the more there are some things that I can glean away from this win that I really liked. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of those, especially that the Chicago Bears somehow find a way to lose to the Detroit Lions. So that. That second round pick is looking better and better every week. So uh, the Steelers find a way to win. And that's, that's I think, the key is that they found a way to win. I talked about uh, on my Let's Ride podcast as well as on our Steelers preview show this past Thursday that this Steelers team, especially the young offensive unit, needs to experience success. And they did that. They were able to do that today on Sunday. Uh, and that's important. I think that's very, very important. We have a couple super chats here. Let's get Eric Askew gives us $5. Is it time to retire Steely McBeam and make the Pigeons a new Steelers mascot? Hashtag Pigeons of Pittsburgh. I'm all for the retirement of Steely McBeam. That guy's creepy. I never liked him. I thought it was horrible. I remember the Steelers fans booing the guy on the the sidelines at Heinz Field. Uh, Hey, the Pigeons. What do you think, Brian? I love the idea of the Pigeons. Worst mascot ever. Steely McBeam, if you ask me, they should have retired him the minute after somebody decided that, hey, you know what would be a good idea? Steely McBeam. I'll say this, since they brought the pigeons, the reason the pigeons are there is that they have seeded the, the they're trying to grow grass uh, at, at the, on the surf. And let me just say this, that tur- that surface looks absolutely atrocious. I mean, it looks awful. And this is a national football league team, people. Like I, I don't want, I don't want them to get the fake synthetic turf. I don't want that. How in the world are they okay with that? It looks awful. It looks awful. They've got high school teams. They've got Pitt playing there. The Steelers playing there. I, I it's it's just atrocious. It's absolutely atrocious. It's been bad for a long time too. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of the high school teams being there. You know, really, I'm not. But you know, it's good for the community, so I understand that. So yeah, that's why the the pigeons are there. And I'm a big Sesame Street fan from day one. It came out in '69. I was born in '71, and I will go back to this. So somebody's got to put this. Let it go viral. Bert from Sesame Street with the song "P is for Pigeon," and that's good enough for me. <laughs> All right, another super chat here from Evgeny Crosby gives us $5. And simply put, this Steelers defense is just a different animal with TJ Watt. They get sacks, they get takeaways. He's a true difference maker. Yeah. I, I there's at this point, it's undeniable. You no one that watches this team, that follows this team, could ever read that super chat, that comment, that statement, and say, Oh, that's not true. It, it's true. I mean, Brian, you've seen the numbers. They've only won one game without TJ Watt in the lineup. He comes back. He didn't play a ton, but still difference maker, right? Yeah, it's it's simple because when you have a situation that you have all this pressure on you because he's not in there and all of a sudden he comes in and takes pressure off you and you're free, Alex Highsmith's free to do other things. Now, does not make Alex Highsmith a worse player it just shows that he needs that help and he does very well. When you have two of them on the field together, not only is the entire defense better, but Highsmith has a little bit of a break. Yeah. So the Steelers find a way to win. And yes, there's people in the live chat right now that are saying like, Oh, the caliber of the team they beat 
Are we going to complain about wins at this point? It's only their third of the season. I'm not. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy a win. I'm going to enjoy the team watching Kenny Pickett actually be in a victory formation in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. Like that's this the little things to me matter with this team moving forward and, and finding a way to win is important. So good, Brian. You know, there are so many silver linings in this game, but this was not a game where they eked it out and won with just a field goal at the end or a fluke play or, or they had to have a defensive stop. It was more of a complete game that you're actually going to think we're just beaten down by the season. This sure. It's not a signature win, but it is a complete game in a lot of ways. Yeah. And and we're going to look at the numbers and we're going to break this down. We're actually going to go back to the, what we did last year with Dave, not here. Uh, just because with only two people, you can move through these things faster. We're going to give grades. We're actually going to do the grading system today, and we're going to go by position group. Sometimes it's going to be individual player, like we always start with the quarterbacks, uh, and we'll start there right now. Let's talk about Kenneth Shane Pickett, KP8. Finishes with 18 of 30. That that number, the second number is very important to me, but 30. Throws for 199 yards, 6.6 average. He was sacked six times. Not all those fell on the offensive line with a 79.7 rating. But I do have to add that Kenny Pickett also rushed eight times for 51 yards. A 6.4 average did have a rushing touchdown and a 23-yard long run. Uh, If you're giving Kenny Pickett a grade, what are you giving him, Brian? Look, I'm going to give him a B minus, and a lot of people they're going to pop up on the screen. No, they they won in spite of Kenny Pickett. That's what I mean. We talked to Dave on Slack on our message system beforehand. He thought that they won in spite of him. That he had a horrible game, and you know I, I respect Dave's opinion wholeheartedly. But and if he was on here, he would be saying that. I don't think so. Um, and the reason I don't is because I, I thought that offensive line as far as pass protection, was abysmal. And we'll talk about that later. But I thought he had a run for his life. He had to run the ball, run the football, and that helped the Steelers out a lot. Did he finish as many drives as he could have? No, he did not. But he got his first win. Now, before you say, oh, he has a win to his record. Yeah, that was half a win. Because when they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, He had a concussion, and Mitch had to come in and win the game for that team. This was the game that Kenny Pickett needed to go pillar to post with a victory for this team. Was it beautiful? No, but it wasn't a squeaker. This game was actually decided with, you know, probably with about eight minutes left in the game, Jeff, and it kind of felt it wasn't decided, but you felt comfortable. Yeah, so you gave him a B minus, right? Yeah. I'm going to give him a B, just a straight B. I think that's a fair grade. There were some throws early in this game where he was not accurate. I wanted to see better throws. I think he could have had Pat Fryermuth and a touchdown, uh, but he threw it too far away from his body. I think sometimes he tries to make a safe throw instead of trying to make the best throw. And, hey, he's a rookie. He doesn't want to turn the ball over. We get it. However, I do think you have to throw in all of the factors that he brings to the team. Uh, He is a mobile quarterback. That's something Mike Tomlin talked about in his post-game press conference. The quarterback mobility is a big factor here. He rushed for 51 yards. I think that was the number I said, 51. Yeah. 51 yards. So that, that's, that's, that should not be overlooked. You know, I mean, you have a quarterback that can run the football and I thought, and we're not going to get into the play calling just yet, but I, I thought that they, they actually did a good job moving things around for Kenny Pickett. He made some big throws. It was good to see him connect with Deontay Johnson down the field. It was good to see him hit the ball, get the ball to pick it over the middle, Pat Fryermuth over the middle. They seem to be finding their way a little bit. Go ahead, Brian. You were going to say something. Yeah, so I watched that game last week, which was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. It was in prime time. Now, I understand that Malik Willis might not be completely ready, but in no way, shape, or form in this season did I watch Kenny Pickett this year and feel like he did not have a chance to complete a ball. I really, I, I really felt that he was head and shoulders over where Malik Willis is. When I watched the game last week, I knew it was over at halftime. It seemed like it because they would come out and you, you felt like it was going to be three and out. He was not going to complete a pass. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a great quarterback in this league. But this entire game, you know, a lot of people are saying it's a rookie and he's doing rookie things. Yeah, 
expect him to do rookie things. Let him do rookie things. But he still got this win. Yeah, I think that, you know, you talk about the rookie aspect of things, and I try not to bring that up too much. The one thing I always have to remind myself is that I I can't expect Kenny Pickett to always, if ever, this season, put the team on his back and do it all. And we were very spoiled with Ben Roethlisberger, not only his rookie season, but even especially his clutch factor down the stretch almost his entire career. I mean, in the fourth quarter, if the Steelers within striking distance when Ben was a quarterback, you knew you had a shot. We don't know if that's Kenny Pickett's game or not. So we're learning about this as they go. I'm going to give him a solid B. We have some super chats here. Tom Muir gives us $3. He's at a dollar for every W, victory formation, finally. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate that. Heath Davis gives us $5. Says, as much as I love Chase, his absence seemed to open up the offense. Is that by design or is, I'm not saying it, is Kenny Pickett's development turning a corner? Um, that's a really good, uh, that's a really good, thank you for the tip, by the way, Heath, the really good point there that, uh, without Chase Claypool, did you see what happened? You saw Pat Fryermuth being targeted more. You saw George Pickens with the ball in his hands more. And, and we're talking about the end around the, he was the one that was taking the, the typical Chase Claypool underneath the goal line into the end zone for a rushing touchdown. Uh, we'll talk about this quickly, Brian. What did you think about that? The change there with uh, well, you throwing Steven Sims too, because he got some reps there as well. What do you think, Brian? You know what? I never thought I'd say this, but maybe sometimes you could be too loaded at a position. And people are going to laugh at me when I say that, but I love Chase Claypool. You knew I was always a fan of that guy. I even defended him when he was stupid against the Vikings last year. But the thing about it is now you can have all these other guys doing what they can do a whole a whole lot better. You have these guys getting chances. If it could open up more for a guy like Pat Fryermuth to give Steven Sims an opportunity, you still have plenty of weapon, but maybe that is addition by subtraction, not because he was a problem, but you could focus more. Now, if we get an injury on the Pittsburgh Steelers, then you're going to be like, ah, oh, gosh, now you're going to miss Chase Claypool. But yeah. for right now, it's going to work. All right, this next Super Chad, $2 from uh, Crystal Privet, I think is how you say it. Thank you very much. He said, Najee needs rhythm. Pulling him when he was on fire is frustrating. Well, let's talk about the running game. I thought that the running game was, you know, I, I thought it was just really, really good to see the team being able to break off big runs. Like, that's what's the important thing here. When you look at the Pittsburgh rushing attack, Najee Harris's long yards, 36. Kenny Pickett, 23. Jalen Warren, 21. George Pickens, 22. That's four plays of 20-plus. Now, if the announcer that was calling the game, don't know the gentleman's name, was correct, they hadn't had a they had a one 20-plus yard rush, I think, the entire season. They had four in this one game. They end up rushing for 217 total yards on 43 carries. Think back to Kenny Pickett's stat line, 30 attempts, 43 rushes. I love that type of balance. They averaged five yards per carry. They scored two rushing touchdowns, and again, that long of Najee Harris for 36 yards. Brian, if you're grading the running game, what are you, what grade are you giving it? I'm giving them an A. Yeah. They they did what they needed to do. They got a fourth down play with Derek Watt. They, I mean, everything looked good, and I don't know if you got to hear a lot of the Mike Tomlin press conference, but the question was, hey, Mike, are you looking towards a running back by committee here with Warren and Harris, and he said, you know what? We've had talks about it. That's all he would do. But he said, we had talks about it. They look good. Yeah, you're probably going to see them mixed in more and more. And Najee Harris isn't going to complain because you saw you found out a lot about Najee Harris this week and this day. And the reason you did is you can see how frustrated Najee Harris is. But it's not like he was really scapegoating too many people. He needs to run better, and he is getting more opportunities now. And with this performance, and did you say how how many uh, yards he got? Who's that? Najee? Najee. 99. Oh, he just missed it. Oh. 99, 99. No, you know, I'm, I'm going to give them an A. I mean, I could give it A plus to me, A, you know, same thing. Uh, yeah. I'll say that because when you have 43 to 30, like you just said, you're getting what you need. I always say a great running game is going to set up the pass. And that's what they wanted to do from the beginning with a rookie or with Mitch Trubisky, the beginning of the season. And they got a lot of that today. 
So if you're going to mix in Jalen Warren more, but Najee Harris is going to have 99 yards, Najee's not complaining. Warren's not complaining. You got everybody happy because the team is will win. So this was a good little bit of a facelift for the offense to have them going. And Mike Tomlin also mentioned, not only was it the running backs, it was the running game because of Kenny Pickett being able to take off. And he mentioned those bigs up front. Yeah, it's it's definitely the running game. I give it an A+. Plus. Because I, you rushed for 200-plus yards, and you're doing it in chunks. And when was the last time we ever – I, mean, I can't think of maybe Le'Veon Bell in his prime. We're talking 2014, 2015, when we would actually see the Steelers running game breaking off big chunk runs. It's been – it seems like it's been forever. It was great to see. And when you think about a formula that you need for success with a rookie quarterback, you need a running game a good running game that is followed up by a good opportunistic defense. That is exactly what the Steelers did on this day. And we'll get to the defense in a second, but this running game, you know, I- I'm not going to argue and I'm not going to complain about how many touches Jalen Warren gets, how many touches Najee Harris gets. If it works, it works. And when you look at these two individuals, we're talking about uh, Najee Harris rushing for 99 yards, Jalen Warren for 37. And while some of those 37 yards came in garbage time, that 21-yard run that he had where he hurdled a guy, that iced the win. So it's not like the the Saints were in give-up mode. That iced the victory. But then you look at the receiving numbers for these guys. And Najee Harris had no yards. But Jalen Warren was the second-leading receiver with 40 yards on three catches. They're different players. I don't expect them to do the same thing. I don't expect them to have the same stat line. If they want to split it up however they want to split it up, that's fine. I think they both deserve touches. They both got touches. They both made impact plays. That is fantastic. So, Brian, anything to add about the running game? Or are we ready to move on? Remember those times back in the 90s when we saw Kenneth Davis aid Thurman Thomas for the Bills? When yep. you saw these these multiple two-headed attacks, uh, I remember Christian Okoya and uh, Barry Word. I remember guys like that. And when you have that, it keeps it fresh. It keeps them guessing. And you do so much better. So yeah, we're not in the 70s anymore where you need that one guy to carry the load. And I, I hope Mike Tomlin starts thinking about the bell cow not being something that they need anymore. Well, you think about the 70s, think about the Steelers. I mean, they had Franco, but they also had Rocky Blyer. I mean, they had other runners yes. of the football. So it's yeah, not like they, even in the 70s they did they, it. <laughs> they did. But one thing that that team did, though, in 1978, when the Mel Blunt role came along, they're like, we're passing team too. Yeah. But they were completely balanced. Right. But it used to be, even in the 80s, it was always, you've got that bell cow. Yeah. I don't want to hear bell cow anymore. I think that's a dirty word. There you go. Wilson Pava gives us 499 said, I'd rather have a team focused rushing attack than giving Najee the ball. Like last year, Kenny is as is as important to the run as Warren and Najee. And it's true. You keep defenses honest. I mean, we used to watch Ben rumble and stumble for five yards. But look at the big guy go now. I mean, Kenny Pickett's breaking off a 20 plus yard run. That's what you want in your quarterback. So uh, it, it, it all adds to the dynamic. We give, I give it, you give it an A, I give it an A plus. Let's talk about the pass catchers now. I already mentioned Jalen Warren being the second leading receiver with 40 yards. They spread the ball around a lot in this game. Deontay Johnson had four catches on five targets for 63 yards, a long of 36. Beautiful play down the sideline. Good throw and catch. Pat Fryermuth had seven targets, led the team with targets, had four catches, 36 yards, and a long of 12. George Pickens had four targets, three catches for 32 yards. They ended up throwing for... 199 yards. Uh, what did you think, Brian, of the pass catchers? And let's give them a great. I'm going to give them an A as well. And I have to because there were not egregious drops. If there were, I don't know how many drops, and Dave's usually really good with, uh, with that stat line, but I cannot recall a ball that was should have been a pure catch and that he didn't get help on. I thought the receivers were very focused. I thought they were running good routes. Really, I thought it was a good effort. 
Yeah, I can't think of anything except for Deontay Johnson catching the ball, getting a first down, and then dancing back behind the, the yeah. first down markers. I mean, that's just infuriating stuff. Oh, and I was mad. And yeah. Mark Schlereth, who I do enjoy listening to Mark Schlereth. He's not a fan of Kenny Pickett, and that's fine. Uh, but Mark Schlereth was like, man, you got to know where you are on the football field. He's right. He is right. Deontay Johnson has to have that field awareness. Thankfully, they were able to convert on that third and I think it was a Maybe they had to go to fourth and one. Fourth, that was Derek Watt. Yeah. So that that almost came back and burn them, but still that's that's really the only thing I can think of. And again, a lot of this also because when you're talking about pass catchers, it comes down to quarterback play. And there's still some times where you look like it seems like Kenny Pickett and the receivers are seeing different things. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong, but they're not on the same page. They're reading the defenses differently. You hope that that's going to start to iron itself out. It seems to be happening less and less, but I'm going to give them a, I'll give them a B plus Deontay Johnson's infuriating with that, but I'll give him a B plus. So uh, Brian, anything Dad? I do think DJ battled a whole heck of a lot. Too. Sure. And it, it's funny because I did knee jerk reactions for, for the uh, website today. And I, I had the observation that, okay, DJ just bailed out DJ because Derek Watt, he's a DJ. Yep. And, and you know why he's not DJ, right? Why he doesn't doesn't yeah, want to go by from DJ. Full House. Yeah, he, he didn't want to be, be DJ. DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did know that. I told my kids that they thought it was hysterical because they watched Full House. So, um, all right, let's talk about the offensive line now. The offensive line, they did surrender six sacks. Not all of those were on the offensive line. I would say that maybe half there were there were some that were on the offensive line when Kenny Pickett got clobbered from the blind side that was definitely a protection issue but they also ran the ball for 217 yards their best output of the season so Brian if you're grading the O-line how are you grading them look I want to really stick it to the offensive line for I thought the pass rush from the Saints was deemed better than what they actually were. I know they've got a superstar in Cam Jordan. I just hated the the pass protection today. I hated it. But with the fact that I hated it that much, I loved the run blocking. I loved that aspect. So in my world, I was going to go ahead and give the pass protection a D, and I was going to go ahead and give the run blocking an A. So I got to probably go with... Is that a B minus or a C plus? I guess it's a C plus. I'm going to go with the B minus just because 217 on the ground is worth yeah. the uh, bumping them up to a B in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, when you think about right. uh, the, what I, for me, the pass protection, again, a lot of that was on picket and I'm, I'm not about to, uh, you know, absolve him of some of the issues and people see six sacks and that looks bad. I get it. But for me, I look at the run game and that's what they need. It, hang your hat on something. And when I talked about this, we all talked about this, how they, the Steelers team did not, does nothing well heading into this game. Maybe this is the start of something that is, is something, you know, at, we heard this a lot on these live shows. I know on the Steelers preview, people were saying, Oh, the Saints defense is really good. Yeah. They are a really good defense that that's yes. They're three. They were three and six coming into this game. Now three and seven. That was not a, Awful defense. Yes, they had some injuries. I'm not about to say that they didn't, but so did the Steelers. No Minka Fitzpatrick with the appendectomy and stuff. So I don't want to make it seem like the Steelers were going against, uh, I don't know, some high school team that just they just threw out there and they're struggling. No, like, this is a pretty good defensive unit in New Orleans. The Steelers ran the ball down their throats, and it was, it was fun to watch. And so with that, I got to give the offensive line a little bit of love. I'll say B minus. So I support that. Okay. You know, you're right. right. I'm going to change mine. I'll give you, give it a B minus two because <laughs> you're right. 217 trumps I think the so rest too. of the stuff and they got a W. Okay. Now let's go to the offensive play calling. You've been a very vocal critic of Matt Canada, rightfully so not saying you shouldn't be. What were your thoughts on the play calling? Let's grade the coordinator. Phenomenal. A plus. Really? There was, you know, Jeff, there was nothing. And you know, I am, uh, (laughs) I'm ready to usher him out the door. Yeah. But, and I'm not, I'm not saving his job today, but he had a fantastic game today. And I am not going, and I really can't turn around and say, just because I like him and not give him, uh, I don't like him. And I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. I'd party with him. I mean, I mean, I'd go to, I'd go to Applebee's with him, (laughs) but you know, 
all I'm going to say, and Steel Dog 88 says something here, they need to keep the Wildcat out of the offense. That's the only thing that, yeah, I complained about that on Knee Jerk too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I'll forgive that. That's at least trying. He mixed it up. The George Pickens touchdown, I thought was brilliant on the ground. I, I mean, I don't care who gets the touchdowns, get the touchdown. And I thought that was brilliant. I really like his play calling. So I will give him, I mean, Heck, you could put him on the game ball list because he had a fantastic game. Did he have two weeks to prepare? I don't care. I don't care if he had two days, two two weeks, whatever. He had a very good play calling game. There was nothing where I'm like, why did they do that? He didn't have that moment. No, you're right. Why they, they there were still some times where you're thinking, uh, oh my gosh, they ran a draw to Najee, and then they try and end around. The next, thing you know, you're setting yourself up for a third and long. I understand it. Those you're kind of picking your spots there. I'm going to give him a B. I'm going to give him a B, just a straight up B. And the reason why I actually liked the play calling for the most part in the 20 points, it should have been more. Obviously, the two missed field goals. We'll talk about that when we get to special teams. But the one thing for me that sticks out was the red zone. They just cannot figure it out in the red zone. They were two for five in the red zone on the day. And it just some of those turned into touchdowns. It just one more. I mean, my goodness, we wouldn't have even been talking about this game in the fourth quarter. There'd been a it'd been a runaway. And so that's the one area now that, that Matt Canada has proven that between the 20s, he and Kenny Pickett are good. They're on the same page. But when that field gets short, they struggle. That's where he needs to improve. Good, Brian. Did you feel like it was more Kenny inside the 20? Because I in, in the red zone, because I'm not sure if that was. I I really didn't even think the play calling was egregious there. They did they did get a gift with the uh, the pass interference call, but I didn't think that that play to Fryermuth was bad. I just I just felt like I, like there was no point in this game where I was like you know I I hate what they're doing or here we go again as far as the play calling. So you know that's that's why I'm I'm thinking that they played well and you know that stuff in the twenties that. I mean, in the uh, in the twenties, in the touchdown zone. No, in the red zone is go. going to get cleaned up. But once again, maybe besides the wildcat, no, nah, I was fine with everything. Yeah, the wildcat plays in the, but they did run a few of those in the red zone. And you're especially when you're motioning Kenny Pickett out. Like, you, do you really think that anyone is believing Najee Harris is going to throw a pass to Kenny Pickett? I personally don't, but. That's what they're doing. That's what they did. And they find a way to win, but I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to give it a B. All right. For folks that are listening on the audio side, you're about to hear some words from our sponsors. Those that are watching live on YouTube or Facebook, we will be right back. All right, Steeler fans, we're back. We just covered the offense. Now we are on to the defense. And this is going to be, this is kind of a, a difference here because when you think about it, the defense that you said it at the end of the first half, you said it early on in the show that you thought that, oh, here we go again. And I had that same thought process was here we go again. But the Steelers end up holding the Saints to 10 points. Let's talk about the pass defense first. And we talk about Andy Dalton. That's right. The old red rifle was back in Pittsburgh. 17 of 27 for 174 yards passing. He did throw a touchdown. He was intercepted twice, sacked twice, with a 62.9 rating. Now, when you go back now, let's take a look at, let's just look at the pass defense from the Steelers past defenses. Levi Wallace had two. He had an interception. DeMonte KZ. He had one pass defense. He had an interception. Uh, you talk about Arthur Millette having a great pass breakup on Chris Olave. They ended up with four pass defenses. Let's just talk about it from that perspective. We're not bringing in pass rush yet. We're just talking about the pass defense. What did you think, Brian? Do you realize how huge that Arthur Millette play was? I mean, yeah. not that I mean, because that looked like, I mean, from the beginning, that looked like a reception. Just when it, even when it went out of his hands, you're like, oh no. And he recovered. And that's a big thing. I think he missed Fidarius too. I think he had a really nice play. Or did he tip it to help out on that first interception? I don't know. The, the first interception with KZ, I'm not sure if that got – yeah, it might have been. It might have been. I, I think so. I thought I thought Cam Sutton had a wonderful game too. I, I, I really thought so. That one drive, they really looked bad. But the rest of the game, 
I wasn't scared of this team whatsoever. Now, KZ, that hit, I I don't know if I was, uh, you got to call it. Oh, that's a flag. That, that, that's, you that's you, you got to call that's, it. Yeah. But I'm taking that, I'm taking that kind of play. That's like Ryan Clark would be the, I mean, if Ryan Clark was playing in 2022, my gosh, he'd be flagged every time he hit somebody. Yeah. But, but you loved what he did. If Demonte KZ can be a Ryan Clark type player, man, you've got to find. And he really looked like that. He looked like Thomas Everett too. He looked like a guy that could just knock your block off. Just go a little bit lower on that. But they were, they did not give them anything. They didn't give them much of anything. I know Jawan Johnson at one point looked like Keyshawn Johnson at the, just in that one drive, but that's one drive. And a lot of teams have that one drive. Yeah. Uh, so did you grade them? What what grade did you give them? Man, I'm I'm like Fonzie. I'm giving out the A's today. A. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because unless the only issue, and you brought up Johnson, the tight end, was that Robert Spillane was getting eaten alive. But we know that's that's Robert Spillane. I'm gonna I'm going to complain about it. We're all gonna see it, but it's just what they're gonna do. And so Robert Spillane makes up for it in the run game, and he makes up for it on the fourth and one, which he stops. Uh, Andy Dalton short. And we'll talk about that in the run defense aspect of things, but still I give him an a, I give him an a, I mean, in the NFL, you hold a team to 174 yards passing. Uh, you Taysom Hill had one incompletion, but still 20, he had 174 yards passing. That's impressive. And when you look at, like you said, Jawan Johnson led their team in receptions, uh, with five and he had 44 yards, Chris Olave, three catches for 40 Jarvis Landry, three for 37, uh, and then a bunch of other guys that are le- like around 20 or under. I give him an A. I mean, that was a fantastic game. Now let's go to the next aspect here. And that is the pass rush. So we mentioned that Andy Dalton was sacked two times. And those two, t- those two sacks were both by Alex Highsmith. And one of them forced a fumble. Ultimately you had tackles for losses. Robert Spillane had one. Highsmith had one. Uh, TJ Watt. He had four tackles, two solo, one quarterback hit. But boy, was he a factor on the football field. What did you think about the pass rush? How would you grade that? Well, this would be considered run defense, but think about this. They forced Andy Dalton to run on one play, and he would have been gone for a long – I mean, he would have had a long run. And then Mr. Watt just tripped him up, and it was a great recovery and a great tackle. And I know he was there. He was rushing the passer, and – it went awry and if he, they forced him to run. So it's still, it's still a successful pass rush, but they got him. I mean, that was close to actually being a sack too, because I, I don't think he, he might've gained zero on that. And if he did, yeah. if he did, he gained half a yard, but all I'm going to say about that is they, did they get the six that the saints did? No, but they, they really, they, they disrupted that whole game. The, the defense as a whole disrupted the game in the pass rush. I'm was it fantastic? I mean, I'm not going to say that because we would have, if it was fantastic, we would have seen seven sacks, but it's yeah. still good enough to have a B plus because they controlled this game. Here's a stat for you. And it's more <clears throat> just a defensive stat, but it's still an important one. Third down defense, third down defense, which equates to the third down <clears throat> offense for the saints three for 12. Three for 12, 0 for 1 on fourth down. Like you, They got off the field, and that's something that Mike Tomlin talked about as well in his post-game press conference where they asked about Miles Jack because he was not inactive, but he didn't play. And he said, hey, we were liking the way the game was going. They were getting off the football field. Our guys were rested, and they decided to keep him out to give him another week of rest. Hopefully, he's good to go next week for Cincinnati. So, hey, at 3 for 12, you're doing your job. The pass rush did not put up the stats, but they did put the pressure on Dalton. The pocket was... It is just crazy how one guy, just one guy that is the wrecking crew of TJ Watt can go into a game and it opens everything up. You saw Cam Hayward putting more pressure. Uh, You saw Alex Highsmith, obviously getting it, taking advantage of one-on-ones one game. I'm going to give them an a minus because I just wish they had more sacks. But other than that phenomenal game, I want to get this super chat here before we go to the next Uh, Tom Muir gives us $2 to name a quarterback with success inside the 20 with Canada. Uh, 
I, did Ben ever have success with him? I, can't I, I think Ben did. I mean, they had better they had better red zone success. But I, I, I yeah. mean, I understand what Tom's saying. Yeah, and I, I will not poo poo that that question. But, but Ben was bad. Yeah. Uh, Wilson Pavak is a dollar ninety nine. Said Levi Wallace didn't look good. Otherwise, name minus Levi Wallace had that great interception. Wilson, what are you talking about? I yeah, thought he had a good game. He he had and he had a uh, right before the interception. He had a pass breakup. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And and so, and you brought up the KZ hit and yes, it's a flag. I, I don't, I, I don't think there's any way in today's game that you don't throw that flag, but don't think that didn't set the tone either. Don't think yeah. that doesn't have saints receivers thinking to themselves. I might not want to go over the middle as much because if this guy's going to come down and do that, then I don't know if I want to be a part of that. It's a business decision. That's what they always yeah. say. <laughs> let, let me say something about that. And I'm going back to a saints play too, because there are some penalties that, you're thank you're thanking goodness that they went and made that they had that penalty because you're gonna take the penalty because there was a play and we didn't talk about it in the first half where we would have seen maybe a 65 yard touchdown from Pickett to Deontay Johnson and if he doesn't if he doesn't interfere with them or hold him he's gone. He's absolutely yeah, gone, Jeff. Absolutely. And so on this KZ play, that's the same thing. I think he, I think he hauls in that ball. So you, so you yeah. take that penalty because he hauls in that ball. Yeah. They, they, uh, they would have got since it was a roughness penalty. They didn't get as much. They didn't have as much room as if they would have had a, uh, a pass interference. I think they gained six yards on that. Yeah. So if he catches it, they're even closer and, and they might score there and they've held them to a field goal. Is that correct? Uh, no, no, no. no they, they scored a that, was in, that was the end of the half, wasn't it? That was the end of the, I, I thought that was in the second half. So, okay. Still, I understand yeah. what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. And now I, I thought one of the most impressive things about the Steelers defensive output uh, on Sunday was their run, their run defense. They held the, the New Orleans Saints, and I'm not saying they're some – you know, Baltimore Ravens of two years ago were running the football, but they held him to 29 yards, 29 yards. Alvin Kamara had eight carries for 26 yards. They averaged 1.9 yards per rush. And think about that. 29 yards. An NFL team was held to 29 yards. And it wasn't like this was some, you know, week five Buffalo Pittsburgh game where they had to throw their way back into it. No, they, they could have run the football. They just couldn't. They couldn't run the football. 29 yards, Ryan. I think I know your grade, but what are you grading the run defense? Absolutely an A. And I've got to say, see, I have Alvin Kamara on my fantasy team. And I mean, like, I hate guys that always bring up their fantasy guys. But the thing with him, he's this year, I think last week he put up, or two weeks ago, he put up 37 points. And he had a good going net last week against Baltimore. The guy is a difference maker. And I expected him to absolutely shred the Steelers. And he did well against them four years ago in that ill-fated December 23rd game. And yeah, I, I just think he's a mainstay. He is one of the better rushers in the NFL. Um, is he amazing this year? No, he had 443 yards going into this game, but he also didn't, they also did not have the luxury of having um, Ingram as well. I almost called him James Ingram. I'm sorry, Mark Ingram. James Ingram was the great singer from the uh, 1980s and 90s. So all I'm trying to say here, Jeff, is that no, they shut him down. And the big thing, it's not just Kamara. This is something that the Steelers defense did, and I noted it time and time again. When you make Taysom Hill a non-factor and everything they try with Taysom Hill, nothing works, my gosh. You won that you won that game on defense because he's a he's an X factor every single week when anybody plays New Orleans right. and everybody knows it and they're like no no soup for you absolutely Sean Manahan gave us five dollars I think this is accurate he said throwback to the coward days awesome that kind of yeah. kind of what it seemed like you know take yeah. the air out of the football in the fourth quarter run the ball control the clock kill it and that's that's what we got to see so that was awesome. Um, let's, let's talk about the coaching staff on the defense. We did this on offense. We'll do it on defense as well. They had two weeks to prepare. Looked like they were pretty darn prepared. Don't you agree, Brian? Yeah, I look, I don't care if he's Andy Dalton or not. There's a lot of weapons on that team. And I know they had some guys missing, but they haven't had Michael Thomas for a few weeks. It's not like, yeah, yeah it's not like 
in fact, they didn't have him that much at all. He has not really been a difference maker for them this year because he's had nagging injuries. But Kamara does it. Hill does it. And they really could have carved up that team because Chris Olave is going to be a superstar in this league. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah he's in this I, I, I absolutely love him. And they, they just shut everybody down. I mean, for for what they did, if we're going to go ahead and give Canada an A, I'm giving him a, I'm giving these guys an A, too. And it starts with Terrell Austin. So I thought it was a complete game all the way around. And I might be Oprah. You get an A, you get an A, you get an A. I don't care. We've been starving for this win. And that's what complete games get you. Well, and and so again, it's a defensive. Offensively, we can nitpick. I mean, we can nitpick the red zone two for five. But on defense, what what are you going to nitpick? 174 yards passing given up 29 yards rushing. Like, what are you going to nitpick? You held so, the opponent to 10 points. I mean, come on, you got two takeaways and also a turnover on downs with four when they, when they failed on fourth and one. I mean, I, I get that people want perfection, but in today's NFL, that's pretty darn close. I'll say, I'll put it that way. Brian, anything yeah. to add? I mean, so what's that a total of like 204 yards? If I, I mean, I, I can't no, remember about the total yard number. Let yeah. me get the official total yards here. Total yards. Uh, 186 total yards oh my goodness jeff that's taking like sacks off and stuff like that even hey throw the sacks on i mean that's fine and if you throw the sacks on it's 205 204 something around there yep yeah i mean no that is if you have every week you're not losing yeah yeah And, and the thing is is that you look at the time of possession. Steelers had the ball 38 minutes and 56 seconds to the 21 minutes and four seconds of the New Orleans Saints. So we can talk about, you know, this team's not good. Okay, sure, fine, whatever. The Saints are not the best team in the world. But you know what? The Steelers aren't the best team in the world either. And they went out and they did the job. They did the thing, as the as the kids today say. They went out and did the thing. So let's talk about another aspect of the team that we have to discuss, and that is special teams. So when you talk about special teams, it was not the best. We'll put it that way. Not the best. So the Steelers obviously have to put Chris Boswell on injured reserve. He's going to miss a minimum of four weeks. Uh, so the the four went with Matthew Wright. And that, Mike Tomlin said, we're going to move forward with Matthew Wright. He went two for four field goals. He had a long of 33. I think he missed a 48. And uh, correct me, Brian, if you know the other one. I know one of them was 48 or 49. Was Another one was in the 30s, I think. Yeah, um, and still makeable kicks and didn't look good. It, it didn't look good, but it didn't seem like it was, you know, Christian Coons or even Presley Harvin on the holds. Uh, so yeah, two for two on extra points, but he goes two for four uh, from field goals. Presley Harvin, he averaged uh, 41 yards, 48. He only punted the ball three times. <laughs> That's a good day. That's a really good day when your punter's only kicking it three times. So let's talk about special teams, Brian. What are you grading? Well, I want to go back to right a second, and sure. yeah, his first field goal was blocked, wasn't it? It, it went was, through, but it was tipped. I mean, they, they deemed it to be tipped. They deemed it to be tipped. I don't know if it was or not. They said you can actually challenge that. Though it looked like uh, it looked like it was tipped because when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, it just got blocked, and that's yeah. before anybody said anything. That was a weird set. Watching the TV, it was like it was like frozen. It it was really weird. That was the slowest field goal I've ever seen. <laughs> and it wasn't the fact that it was the kicker. It was just like, it was really weird. So yeah, it definitely, yeah. I mean, were you confused or was a bad camera worker? Said my old eyes, Jeff. No, it, it, nothing looked smooth with Matthew, Wright. It, His approach. And maybe it was the fact that the turf is God awful. And maybe he's slipping a little bit. I don't know if that's the case. He needs to go over there in his off days and practice there instead of at the UPMC uh, complex. I'm not sure what it is, but you got to have some confidence that your kicker can make a kick. We saw what happened in 2020. The last time he was kicking against Washington, the team that ended the Steelers 11 game winning streak, Tomlin didn't trust him to make a, what was it? A 47 yard, 46 yard field goal. Did not. This doesn't help with that confidence. We'll put it that way. So uh, I'll go ahead and grade the special teams. I'll give them, um, man, you got to, it's a C it's a C for me. And then also kicking short as much as they did on kickoffs. I didn't understand that either. Uh, they're spotting them yards. And, and again, if Matthew Wright can't kick the ball into the end zone, there's not another kicker on the market that could do that. I'm I'm not so sure. Brian, what do you think? Man, I think you're being generous. Uh, you know, I think I might even be generous of 
giving them a D plus. Our uh, first of all, win gives you gives you some help in these grades, but man, one of the first things we're talking about if they lose this game is special teams. And I'm going to take Presley Harvin out of the equation here. I thought he had a good game. You know, yeah. I I thought he helped them out, but. There were there's one play where, of course, you know, I'm sure they got help because it was a hold, but they had a nice run called back, but they had another nice run back as well. It just seemed like nothing was good. Now, I'm going to give credit to Boykin. I thought he made his presence known on one of the uh, one of the as a gunner. Yeah. I think it was on a punt. He made his presence known, but I just thought I also I'm going to give Steven Sims a little bit of heck and you could probably defend him, but I don't like that ball being down, down at the one, even though it made this ridiculous curve to the right. I, you know, I, I just felt that they were mediocre all the way around on special teams for the most part. Yeah, no. And that's, that's kind of why the, the like the Presley Harvard, not punting the ball poorly. Uh, he, he had a good game. He he punts well at home and that gave him a C. But yeah, there were some times that Sims fair caught uh, some punts where I was like, man, you could have returned that. I mean, you could have at least tried to make a guy miss, make something happen. It, it just seemed like they were a little off there. But yeah, I agree with that. Let's get the super chat here. Wilson Pava gives us four ninety nine. Said this win is more than just a win. It feels like we're putting everything together for the first time this year, even including week one. Love it. I thought this was a great win. There's a lot of people on social media. There's a lot of people that are watching live that just don't think this was a great win i mean i i just see it i thought it was a i thought it was a good performance i thought they they went came out of a bye they looked the way we thought they should have looked was it perfect no this team's never going to look perfect so don't confuse yourself there but brian let's go ahead we're not we're done with the grades um what are some of your final thoughts about this game as what did we forget what do we miss anything well really the steelers needed to come in and and kenny pickett had to get what i consider his first complete game win and he did that we can look at his performance all you want and say, ah, he's not the guy. But when a guy, even though I know he hates him, and Shreleff still said that, no, they've got, even though I don't think he likes him, he also said that they've got their future superstar in Pittsburgh. He even said that. And if he's that hard on him, but he still has no problem saying that, then I've got to go ahead and look at it. Kenny Pickett is getting the rookie treatment. He's always going to get the rookie treatment for this year. And that's going to happen. You know, we look look back at one of the greatest moments in Pittsburgh Steelers history, and we talked about this. You brought it up. Uh, it was we didn't have the under over the over under that week, but we had uh, you know yes or no, or or you had the questions for us on the preview, mm -hmm. and I said Super Bowl forty was my great moment of those three Super Bowls, and Ben Roethlisberger takes a lot of heat for not being good in that game. But when you take a look at all of the numbers and everything and all of the stats, you've got to kind of like crack the stat egg open and look at the layers. And Ben Roethlisberger did a lot for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win that game in Super Bowl 42. They didn't win. I, I hate when I hear they won in spite of him. No, if you don't have Ben Roethlisberger, you're not winning that game. And he did some things. If you don't have Kenny Pickett, you're not winning this game because he kept some things alive with his legs. He made some great throws. He did overthrow Fryermuth on the sideline. He overthrew uh, DJ early or Pickens early in the game. But as a whole, when I watch this game, I'm like, hmm, here you go. This is happening. This is the start of it. And this is what we're, when everybody's saying, hey, they're two and six. We need to see the Steelers have progress. There's no denying great progress was made today. They need to continue to make progress and continue to go up there. And I know I make fun of all the people that that uh, are more concerned about tanking and the draft and everything, but he had a good game as far as the draft goes today too. Because, of course, we do know that the Chicago Bears – today excuse me lost today yes but who beat them and it was more important for the fact that the detroit lions beat them and they won last week so they continue to be 
they'll have a uh, a lesser pick than Pittsburgh if things stay the way it is. We don't want it to stay the way it is, but you got help on that second round pick. You got help there as far as Detroit winning. You got help with Carolina on on a what was it Thursday night winning too. So there's, I mean, forget about the draft. But if you're concerned about that, they got help too. They got to win a game and got help. So with those teams winning, you're you're not looking as bad as as you would. And Kenny Pickett needed this complete game to go ahead and continue his progress for the season and i think this helps us feel a little bit better about kenny pickett even if you don't think he was amazing he showed he could win a football game yeah and so people that want to talk about tanking the steelers just won their third game people they're three and six i mean if do you are they going to go on a seven game winning streak maybe they could that would be awesome i'd love and i'd enjoy it but at the same time it's not likely so let's pump the brakes on that a little bit let's just enjoy a win there haven't been a lot of these this season don't let something like oh they're gonna blow the pick next year ruin the enjoyment of having a victory monday tomorrow when you go to work when you go to school whatever you do every single monday you get to go there and for once been a while since week six you get to talk about a Steelers win Brian what were we gonna say anything oh no I was just going to defend myself real quick because I just got corrected that the Steelers are three and six but if you go back and listen to it I said you're two and six going to the game and so I'm just I, I know the record I'm just gonna it's tell okay, you that. Brian you can let it go all right so the Steelers you know win. I don't I know you don't. Well, the Steelers win. They move their record to three and six. Their next game, remember, remember, it is not a primetime game anymore. Next week, week 11 against Cincinnati at home. Acrisure Stadium is a four. Is it 25, Brian? Is it 425? 425 is how they do those games now. And it's really smart that they do. So 425. We will be back for the postgame show after that contest. So make sure you're tuning in for that. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be an enjoyable week. Finally get to talk about a win. We'll have you covered every which way and sideways, both here on YouTube and simulcast on Facebook Live, as well as on our audio-only side. If you haven't heard Brian's Bad Language, My Let's Ride, Dave Statgeek, Jeffrey Benedict's uh, Cutting Room Floor Podcast, the Here We Go Steelers Show with KT Smith, you need to check out our audio-only podcast. Anywhere where you find your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, you'll find us. Subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, that does it for us. We are done. Steelers win 20 to 10. Congratulations, fans. You deserve it. It's been a rough year for all of us. We'll see you next week for another postgame show.